a Negroni. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Magliato. Mmm. With Prosecco. Oh, stunning. Yeah. Hello, hello. Welcome back to The Lowdown. I'm your host, Lauren Fanger. And today I'm going to be giving you all the scoop and the skinny on uh, the recent trial involving Gwyneth Paltrow that concluded last Friday. I'm sure you've seen a lot of viral moments, including jokes about Gwyneth Paltrow's appearance, how she kind of looks like she's a, a minimalist version of The Crucible, which I really enjoyed, um, or jokes about how she's addressed uh, the prosecutor or Terry Sanderson, the man who was um, suing her. Um, so I guess you're probably wondering, you know, why is this so sensational? What's so interesting about it? So I'm going to give you the lowdown on um, the trial as well as some background on Gwyneth Paltrow and why these two things are so important. You know, what about her celebrity makes this particular trial so interesting? So to give you a little background on the trial, um, the man who sued Gwyneth Paltrow is a man named Terry Sanderson. He's um, a retired optometrist, and he sued her for $300,000 because he alleged that um, reckless skiing caused her to run into him from behind uh, on February 26, 2016. He said he suffered for broken ribs, a concussion, and lasting brain damage that affected his daily life and personal relationships. So that's where you might have heard about how he said, I can no longer enjoy wine tastings. Uh, he alleged that like it had something to do with his sense of smell and taste, uh, and that had been affected by the crash. Um, and Paltrow has continually uh, denied running into Sanderson um, and once he sued her, she countersued for a single dollar and her legal fees, which you might recognize that um, from the Taylor Swift uh, sexual assault um, legal battle that went on a couple years ago because Taylor Swift countersued um, the person who assaulted her for a single dollar just based on principle. Um, so... Sanderson filed a lawsuit on January 26, 2019, saying that um, Gwyneth Paltrow was skiing out of control when she hit him from behind, knocked him down, and then landed on top of him. And uh, he was initially seeking more than $3.1 million, but he changed it to $300,000, you know, just, just, you know, a drop in the bucket for uh, Gwenny P., uh, Paltrow responded to Sanderson's claims in a court filing in February of 2019 and actually said that he was responsible for the crash and was trying to exploit her for her celebrity and her wealth. And according to her, Sanderson smashed into her from behind and delivered a, quote, full body blow. Uh, and then apparently Sanderson apologized to her and he was fine, according to Gwyneth Paltrow's filing. So the actual trial began on March 21st, concluded on March 30th, and uh, Sanderson's attorney, Lawrence Bueller, I believe I'm saying that correctly, uh, saying in his opening statement that Paltrow was not looking in front of her as she was skiing downhill and instead was looking, I guess, at her children. And there was only one singular eyewitness to the crash, someone named Craig Raymond, who was like a, an acquaintance of... Um, 
Sanderson, the retired optometrist. Uh, and then Gwyneth Paltrow's attorney, Stephen Owens, disputed the claim and said in his opening statement that Sanderson caused the collision when he moved to avoid another skier and then he interlocked his skis with Gwyneth Paltrow's. Um, so some of the most interesting moments you've probably seen online were um, during her testimony, she was asked whether Sanderson prevented her and her family from enjoying a very expensive vacation. And her response was, well, I lost half a day of skiing. Yes. <laughs> um, so that was a pretty viral moment because it was very um, unrelatable white woman of her, which um, I'll get more into that in a bit. Um, and then she also had to deny she was friends with Taylor Swift because of the um, similarities in their um, countersuing for a singular dollar. She just uh, had to deny that they were friends and said, no, we're just friendly. Um, and was also quizzed on if she was a good tipper. Uh, I'm not really sure what that had to do with the case. But anyway, um, and then one of people's favorite moments was after Gwyneth Paltrow was given the singular dollar because she won the case she left the courtroom bent down and said to Sanderson I wish you well um very prophetic strange scary um I kind of loved it my personal favorite moment was actually when um Sanderson who was the man suing uh Gwyneth Paltrow was asked uh, something about him being blind in one eye. And um, the person questioning him said, okay, you've told people you're blind in your, I think he said left eye. And Sanderson said, I have problems with my left eye. And uh, the man questioning him said, you've told at least three people you are blind in your left eye. And the optometrist, Sanderson, says, I use that term loosely. And the man questioning him says, you're an optometrist. You use the term blind loosely? And honestly, I screamed. Incredible. Hysterical. What a, what a moment. What a moment in history. So to give you some background on Gwyneth Paltrow, um, I'm sure you've heard of her. In the last, I would say, decade or so, you haven't really heard much about her acting. Um, so my generation probably doesn't know her that well outside of um, her glee appearances. But here's the you know, background on Gwenny P. So she's the daughter of Bruce Paltrow, who is a director and producer, uh, and Blythe Danner, an Emmy and Tony award-winning actress. Um, my generation, I believe, may know her from Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2. <laughs> um, so another thing to know about her in terms of her personal life is she was married to the lead singer of Coldplay, Chris Martin, who, uh, fun fact, actually wrote the song Fix You about um, Gwyneth Paltrow losing her father. And now she is married to Brad Falchuk, who is a frequent producing partner of the better known Ryan Murphy. They worked together on Scream Queens, Nip Tuck, Pose, American Horror Story, and Glee, which is actually where Falchuk and Paltrow met each other. Paltrow has two children who are known for having their very unusual names, uh, Apple and Moses. And Apple has actually kind of come into the forefront with social media recently because she's uh, started modeling. 
She is best known for her award-winning role in Shakespeare in Love, which I only recently found out. Apparently, that script was originally sent to her roommate at the time, Winona Ryder, and Gwyneth Paltrow stole that script. She's also known for The Royal Tenenbaums, The Talented Mr. Ripley, Shallow Hal, and Emma, as well as her Emmy Award-winning guest appearance on Glee as Holly Holiday. Uh, I, everybody remembers where they were. Everybody remembers where they were. Um, so she was best known for her acting for like two decades. Um, but since like around 2014, she's taken a bit of an acting hiatus, although she did appear on Brad Falchuk's show, The Politician, as the mother of Ben Platt. And people online were joking like, fine, honey, I'll do your little show. Like, I just want to be able to play myself because she very much plays a hippy dippy white woman. Um, there's also been a lot of speculation, actually, that she is the so-called Becky with the good hair that Beyonce refers to in her song, Sorry. Um, if you know Beyonce's music, specifically Lemonade, you would know that it's about Jay-Z cheating on her. Um, and Jay-Z and Beyonce are actually, they were known for being good friends with Gwyneth and Chris Martin. And I guess in the divorce, they just took Chris and left Gwyneth Paltrow out in the cold because supposedly she is Becky with the good hair. But that is, that's all alleged. In the last decade, Paltrow has focused much more on her lifestyle brand, Goop. Many people think of Goop's products as snake oil and Paltrow is the saleswoman. And products include exorbitantly overpriced jumpsuits, candles that supposedly smell like Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina, and a rose quartz checkers set for $2,000. This is just after browsing the website for a couple of minutes. And the brand has become Gwyneth Paltrow's brand as a celebrity, just absolutely, completely, and entirely unrelatable. It's both completely alienating and honestly, absolutely fucking hilarious. And the trial also comes after, um, just weeks after, a clip of Gwyneth Paltrow came out on a podcast and went completely viral where she talked about her diet, which includes breakfast as black coffee, lunch is bone broth, and dinner is a series of vegetables. Um, her, a lot of people thought this honestly was considered really scary and, uh, signs of disordered eating. A lot of people were nervous that her discussing her diet, which she actually later followed up with, um, that this specific diet is only, um, due to her trying to get a hold of her long COVID, um, and that she actually doesn't suggest people do this, but she had to follow up with that. Like, this clip went viral without any context. Um, so I think it is important to sort of see what are the takeaways from this trial? And like, why was it so iconic? Why was everyone calling Gwyneth Paltrow mother? Um, and it's because she's become the face of unrelatability in Hollywood from her just wacky ass diet to the products that she sells. But she does not pretend to be anything else, which is why it has become so iconic. With a straight face, she said, I missed half a day of skiing. I mean, it's actually campy. It, like, it's almost succession level. You expect 
cousin Greg to testify. It's so absurd. But that is what makes it endearing. In a world where celebrities are much more accessible due to TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, the trend of the last five to ten years has been relatability. I mean, look at Jennifer Lawrence and her just like earnest love of pizza, wings, and her clumsiness of the Academy Awards. And think about Ryan Reynolds tweeting everything his kids do and just like making him sound like a regular dad. And think every exorbitantly rich celebrity complaining about going nuts while quarantining in their giant, giant mansions. You know, saying, oh my god, I was, I've been so stuck in quarantine. I'm so upset. And it's like, you can roam around the many acres and like, and giant, you know, staircases. It's not like you're stuck in a one-bedroom apartment in Brooklyn, you know. Um, You're not living like everybody else is living. Um, Celebrities are not just like us. And before the rise of social media, we did love the campiness of unrelatable celebrities. I mean, think about some of the most iconic celebrities of all time. Barbara Streisand, Cher, Madonna, Mariah Carey, the list goes on. The trial is just a bigger example of how insanely unrelatable and genuinely hilarious Gwyneth Paltrow is because she's countersuing for a single dollar and going through all of this on principle and being completely herself, saying things like, I missed half a day of skiing. It is refreshing. Even the diet, which I don't endorse by any means. I genuinely think the virality of the clip is probably not good. But instead of saying, I eat pizza all the time and I stay a size zero, she's probably really miserable eating what she's eating. And being honest about it on one side of the spectrum is really bad because she could be giving people an example to follow. But also... She is showing that it's completely unrealistic. Her way of life can only be sustained if you are exceedingly rich, have, you know, a, a, a spa in your house, you have a private chef, etc. This cannot be sustained on, you know, a regular salary, living a regular life. You have to be really wealthy. We need to get rid of relatable celebrities. That is my conclusion on today's episode. I think it's more fun when they are honest and different than regular people. That's my spiel. Um, feel free to follow us on Instagram on the.lowdown.podcast. You can follow me at dot chickenfangers. Uh, and make sure to give us a five-star rating. Give us a little review. Um... And DM me if you have any suggestions for future podcast episodes. All right. See you guys next week. Bye.